It is 11.30 on this Friday, the 14th day of May. It's time for Midday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. Sitting in for Jason, who currently is on the airwaves on the other station, Cami, is Scott Foster. He'll tell us how State Soccer is going. Still 2-0, right? Still 2-0, yes. Norris is leading Lexington. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. So we'll have more information on that coming up in just a few minutes. Also, Bob Brogan is in, and uh, he'll tell us how stocks are performing. Sounds like a little bit more of a rebound yet again to end of the week. So more information on that. Also, in about 15 minutes, we'll have more information about how much rain and possible severe weather you could receive in the next several days. That is coming up in our regional ag weather update at 1145 with Paul Perkins. However, let's head to Lincoln and let's catch up with our own Susan Littlefield. As Susan, uh, morning sounds like it's going all right for you. Yeah, it's not too bad. A little cloudy. I'm ready for a warm up, but you know... Before we know it, it'll be 100 degrees, and we'll be wishing for these cool spring days. Yuck. Well, I don't know if I'll be wishing for these cool spring <laughs> days. I'm fine with 100 degrees, but, hey, that's just my preference. Mm. I heard the sigh of Scott. Yes, no, I'm not, no, 75 <laughs> is fine. There are. Yeah. It's only me and I believe Jen Hauser here in this building that enjoys the warmer temperatures. Bob, do you like the temperature? I will take it 100 okay. over zero any day. Nope, 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 right. nope, nope, nope. There's a small group of us, but uh, all right. Well, we have that at least figured out now. Uh, can you tell us what's coming up on Midday? Sure. Coming up, of course, at 1219, it's a Friday, which means we get to hear from Chad and Al Dutcher as they talk about weather going into the weekend and talk about some warmer temperatures coming and what's the rain possibility with it. Then Alex will step in here at 1245 as she talks with the IANR's vice president and vice chancellor, Mike Bain, as he shares information about the Western Rangeland Livestock Center. And then coming up here at 117, it is our FNBO's Fridays in the Field. Clay's taking a different path this year, and he is going to talk with Mac McFarland. He'll walk us through his hobby, which actually turned into a family vineyard, brewery, and winery in the last 20 years. So that's coming up on a Friday from the farm team. Yeah, looking forward to that one. That'll be an interesting one to follow throughout the year and the grapes, uh, the evolution. It's it's a pretty good job if you can get it. Yeah. (laughs) So one quick note. Do you guys know what raisins are? Uh, Yeah. Yes. Is this a trick question? It is. It is. They're grapes that failed to become wine. (sighs) All right. Well, on that note, that is Susan (laughs) Littleville. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, let's uh, turn things over to Scott Foster. Uh, let's uh, be less punny today. Uh, really? Okay. Uh, but uh, Let me change everything then. Um, state soccer. Yeah, state soccer going on. The uh, ladies in class begin right now, as we mentioned uh, at the Open, as you mentioned, Norris leading Lexington. That was, that's was that got to be in about the 80th minute. That thing's mm-hmm, got to be mm-hmm. just about done there. Of course, the uh, boys won yesterday in Lexington. We'll talk a little Nebraska baseball coming up in sports and uh, get caught up with Jim Clark once again. The Nebraska Championship meet that's going on. Hopefully, hear from Jason about uh, soccer too. Oh, so there okay, you go. a lot happening right now, it is. especially it's local. I like that. Good like stuff. Uh, let's turn things over to Bob Brogan and stocks. They look a little better today. Stocks are off to a pretty good start on Wall Street, uh, continuing on yesterday's success. But index is still on track for weekly losses. Mean, meanwhile, retail sales flat in April after soaring in March when a lot of folks received those stimulus checks and uh, shortages of gas pumps spreading from the south to the mid-atlantic states following that cyber attack which um, if people would just stop talking about it uh, well it'd just go away that's that's right we're told don't just don't cover something and then uh, it'll go away 
Okay, on that. 93.1 The River congratulates all the area graduates. In the blink of an eye, you went from your first day of kindergarten to your last day of high school. The River wants to send you on your next journey with a $50 gift card to Diva's Floral Shop and Boutique in Kearney, Five Arrows Boutique in Arapahoe, or simply you and Alma. Listen to 93.1 The River each Tuesday and Thursday for your cue to call in and win. Don't miss the fun as we celebrate the grads on 93.1 The River. Let's have the regional ag weather update on this Friday. It's brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation. Paul Perkins now stepping back in the studio. And Paul, some of the area are listening... Area saw some uh, decent rainfall yesterday and last night. Yes, a uh, nice band of thunderstorms moving through. Most of it continued to stay to the south, uh, north of the interstate. Much lighter amounts as you headed towards about the Nebraska-Kansas border. But we did have some rainfall, rainfall reports up to about 60 hundreds in Stamford, and then as much as three-quarters of an inch in the Ord area. Many locations about a quarter to a half an inch hmm. of rain. So some welcome rain because yeah. I know my lawn was starting to look a little peaked. It was my <laughs> as well. Got about half an inch in the Carney area, at least my portion of the Carney area. You got how much? About uh, 40 hundredths okay. of rain. And I know there, to the north of Carney, there was about a half an inch of rain too. So Now, this isn't the, the first or the last that we're going to see of rain. There's chances for the next several days. Yeah, multiple chances of rain on the way. It's not going to rain all the time between now and next Thursday, but definitely multiple chances of rain. It looks like the bulk of it's going to fall in Kansas. We do have more on that on our KRV and Facebook page. And we could see even some severe weather today but mainly over southwestern locations so if you just got done planning you're welcoming the rain if yes. you're trying to push through maybe not so much yeah and it's not going to be a complete washdown so okay. uh, so uh, still some chances probably for you to get some planning in especially into nebraska also good news today uh for the next several days as well we'll continue to see more seasonal temperatures yeah not, no worries about those temperatures in the 50s and overnight lows down into the 30s for the time being look forward to it i'm sure <laughs> everyone else does as well most certainly right now our temperatures pretty much in the low to mid 60s across the area we are as warm as 67 in the aurora area also those mid 60s very prevalent over western kansas and on into uh, then some low 60s as you head into far southwest nebraska and north East Colorado. Some sunny to partly cloudy skies for today. Still some persistent clouds across the eastern third of Nebraska. And also some clouds fairly persistent from about the Tri-City area to just east of Lexington. A little bit of cloud cover starting to form as you head into west central Nebraska from about McCook into between Ogallala and North Platte on into the northwest Nebraska Panhandle. And a little bit of light rain on into the northwest Nebraska Panhandle trying to get going. The showers and thunderstorms that moved through our area last night well into Iowa and also abandoned some thunderstorms. Now well into southeast Kansas. Some sunny to partly cloudy skies overall for today. Temperatures on the seasonal rate. More thunderstorms likely by late today into the panhandle with smaller chances over southwest Nebraska, northern Kansas, and northeast Colorado. Right now that greater greater severe risk is over extreme southwest Nebraska, west and central Kansas, and northeast Colorado. Or if you're along in southwest of a line from Holyoke to Imperial, McCook, and down to around Norton and Russell, Kansas, that's where there is a slight risk of severe storms from the Storm Prediction Center. We do have that severe threat map on our KRV and Facebook page. Thunderstorm chances and the severe threat slightly lower for tomorrow across the area. A low-end marginal risk of severe storms covering extreme southwest Nebraska, northern Kansas, and northeast Colorado. Significant off-and-on thunderstorm chances will continue Sunday into Thursday with mostly seasonal temperatures. 
higher chances of thunderstorms from Monday through Thursday when we see low pressure track from the four corners and through the plains. The bulk of the rain with that system across Kansas, where rain totals are likely to range at least one to two inches between now and Wednesday morning. Lighter totals of a quarter to three quarters of an inch likely on into Nebraska. We do have that rainfall total map on our KRVN Facebook page. In the long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures likely late next week through May 27th in Nebraska and Kansas. In central Nebraska during the late part of May, average daytime highs warm into the mid-70s with average overnight lows warming to the low 50s. Near normal to slightly above normal rainfall indicated for Nebraska and Kansas Wednesday through May 27th. Soil temperatures at the 4-inch depth at 7 this morning in the low 50s for most of Nebraska and Kansas. Soil temperatures in the upper 40s towards the Panhandle and as warm as the mid-50s from Hayes into extreme southern Kansas. Key weather factors influencing the markets include widely varying rain chances in the central U.S. and more crop withering dryness in Brazil. The next five days, multiple disturbances across the central and southern plains into the mid and lower Mississippi Valley will deliver as much as two to five inches of rain. A Midwest warming trend and active weather next week will favor crop germination and early growth. The recently drier northern Midwest only expects light to moderate rain. In the northern plains, damaging drought will continue for at least the next five days, well above normal temperatures, further extracting even more moisture. The northern plains' 6- to 10-day forecast predicting no more than light to moderate rain. Topsoil moisture rated 80% very short to short in North Dakota, along with 67% in South Dakota, and 57% very short to short on the soil moisture in Montana. Southern Plains crop areas seeing improved soil moisture and temperatures expected to rise back to normal this weekend. More widespread rain this weekend through next week in the Southern Plains will continue to increase that soil moisture. In central Brazil, withering heat and drought continue. Next meaningful chance for rain coming at the end of next week. That rain, though, going to come too late to improve any yield potential for the crops in central Brazil. All right, so we're looking at a potential for severe weather, mostly to our south and west, uh, for not only tonight, but likely throughout most of the weekend. Exactly, and it looks like that slight risk of severe storms right now is in place across northeast Colorado, down to Imperial McCook and western central Kansas. That's actually going to be pushed a little bit further to the south into southwest Kansas, mm. and just a marginal risk of severe storms in place for that area that's in a slight risk for today. So those areas, uh, chance of decent-sized hail, tornadoes, or what are we thinking? Yeah, the the drier air in place is going to limit a lot of the severe potential. We're not going to see widespread severe weather, but there's enough... uh, wind shear in the atmosphere they're saying that it could cause some a large hail and some damaging winds to form with the system mainly damaging winds the main threat with that okay all right if there is any severe weather of course we'll have it right here on krvn for a full weekend forecast where can somebody go to find that weather page krvn.com all right thank you paul Chad Moyer with you here on the Rural Radio Network, and it is time for our weekly conversation with Nebraska's ag climatologist, Al Dutcher. Al, thanks for joining us again here this week. Well, looks like we're at the beginnings of kind of a a moist period. What do we have to look forward to here in the next week or so? Well, Chad, you're exactly right. We've seen that cold air finally scour out, move, push to the east as the upper air trough has weakened over the Hudson Bay region, and that's allowed a southern stream storm that was some of the energy that broke off of that trough that sit over the southwest to finally start to make its way toward the southern plains. The process, because most of the major jet 
flow in the northern stream is displaced far enough to the north of us, this is going to be a slow process. And that wave is going to slowly build its way eastward. It really creates a real nightmare in terms of forecasting precipitation. I'm going to be straight up and honest with folks that this is probably going to be a very messy forecast. The reality is, is that trough moves across the southern plains. That's where the major activity is going to be. And unfortunately, Nebraska at this point looks to me like it's going to lie on the northern periphery of that region. So the reality is over the next seven days, really the major emphasis on precipitation is probably the southern third of the state southward. And it looks like there's going to be rounds every single day as piece of energy eject out of that system. So for Nebraska proper, you know, as we go through this next 24 hours, there is some thunderstorms that are expected to develop in eastern Colorado during the afternoon hours. And it looks like it's going to move that system east-southeastward. We should see some decent temperatures. You know, we're going to deal with clouds this weekend, but temperatures are still going to be on the mild side. We're going to be close to normal, slightly above normal. It's going to have a little bit more moisture in the air. But then we'll see another system system developing in Colorado as we go into Sunday night and Monday. That system is going to move across uh, portions of Kansas again. It looks like some heavier precipitation possible in the eastern half of the state. And again, there is some showing some signs of some clustering in south central and southeast Nebraska and potentially a, a cluster moving across southern South Dakota. And then we see the same process repeating itself as we go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And it looks like each progressive wave shifts that whole system eastward. So the quantitative forecast for precipitation from eastern Kansas all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, and this would be the eastern half of the states, generally three to five inches cumulative precipitation, probably some localized heavier amounts. The more important thing is, is you go to the western half of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, and eastern Colorado, anywhere from one to three inches is projected. So we have a broad area of above normal moisture. I've been saying this all along. Eventually, temperatures warm up. Things start growing rather rapidly, and moisture that is being displaced to the south of us is going to be brought into the atmosphere. That's going to juice us up. So the biggest question is what happens as we get past late next week. And late next week, there is a system that starts to eject out across the northern Rockies, drives a cold front through the region, and we do have a shot of some precipitation basically Thursday and Friday before more energy really builds into the Pacific Northwest. And it's that system next week that is being directed toward the northern plains. Things are starting to get critical. It may be the last opportunity for some significant moisture for the month because the next system behind it looks like it's going to dive back into the Great Basin toward the end of the month. And, of course, all of those systems have been moving more in an eastward fashion. And that would be, once again, precipitation that would probably enter into the southern and central plains as we get into the first full week of June. So this, if this precipitation is a bust up in the northern plains, I suspect we're going to see a rapid rapid development and expansion into southern Canada and maybe even farther eastward into portions of eastern South Dakota, eastern North Dakota in terms of intensifying drought. And then we'll have to watch to see if that displacement comes southward. Al Dutcher, Nebraska Ag Climatologist, here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting. <laughs> It is time for Midday Sports. Scott Foster joining me as uh, Jason is out in Omaha right now. It's the state soccer tournament. Uh, first round of the girls' Class B just got wrapped up. He and I actually were just talking about, uh, speaking of sports, uh, golf, mm-hmm. our golf game, and how it's it's lousy, and mm. we're fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are certain aspects of the golf game that you embrace, right. like your big or my really bad curve uh, slice, I should say, on when I tee off. Mm. Instead of trying to fix it, I'm just going with it. 
It's you're gripping and ripping and, and uh, just let it go. Aim a little left, and then eventually it'll go left, and hopefully it continues to go right. If it doesn't, then I'm really messed up. Embrace the slice. I think that'd be a great name for a golf book, wouldn't yeah. it? Or Embrace pod- the slice, or a podcast called Embrace, Embrace the Slice. The slice. Right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Should we talk about other sports now? Yeah, go ahead with okay. soccer. All right, let's do that. Class B girls state soccer today in uh, as Lexington. This was in Omaha as Lexington took on Norris. Jason Jorgensen has a report. Well, the best season in the history of Lexington Minute Maid soccer came to an end today as the Minute Maids were stopped in the Class B state quarterfinals, losing to undefeated Norris 2-0. Norris was able to pick up a goal from freshman Claire Macklin in the first half, then they scored early on in the second half as senior Molly Ramsey was able to slip one past Lexington goalkeeper Alyssa Winter as the Titans improved to 19-0 on the season with a 2-0 win over the Minute Maids. But what a year for Lexington. They advance on to the state tournament for the first time in school history also a school record 14 wins but the magical ride this spring comes to an end today here at morrison stadium as they fell the norris two to nothing for krvn sports i'm jason jorgensen all right jason thank you very much let's move to nebraska baseball if there is a better town name in the big 10 than piscataway new jersey i would like to know what it is. I, I just wanted to mention that. Following a 3 and one trip to Piscataway, New Jersey for pod play against Rutgers in Indiana, the Nebraska baseball team who's 23-11 and 11, returns home this weekend for a three-game series against Northwestern who's 12-16. and 16. Series opener is set for 6.30 pregame tonight at 6 o'clock here on Cami. The teams then meet at 2 o'clock on Saturday and uh, the Huskers entered the game a half game back of Indiana for first place in the Big Ten with the Hoosiers visiting Michigan this weekend for a three-game series. The Wolverines actually set third in the league at 23 and 12, about a game out. So big stuff. I tell you, if Will Bolt isn't the Big Ten baseball coach of the year, it, it's a crime. Well, especially with them not being considered to be a top no, team, not even in the top the six, right. not even in the top six. So uh, he's done he's done tremendous things there. Also, all three games for the Huskers can be heard right here on eight eighty K. Right here, uh, did I say Cammy? I'm sorry. I don't know what you said. But I I'm really just don't pay that close attention. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Junior High Track Championship, known as the Nebraska Championship Meet, takes place in Gothenburg tomorrow. Organizer Jim Clark was asked if numbers were down this year because of COVID. You know, looking through all the additional ads, uh, potential kids that want in, and if the potential kids and schools that want additional qualifiers in is an indication, we could literally host another meet with just the number of kids that are trying to get into the meet. So I would say almost the opposite is true, whether it's just that we've been uh, strangled so long with sports and now we're finally going to have an opportunity to have one that perhaps looks a little bit more normal than uh, than some of them that we've been experiencing. Boy, they're coming out in droves. This will be the 11th running of the meet that is considered a forerunner to the high school meet that is at uh, Burke Stadium in Omaha. The Reeling Royals, uh, Major League Baseball, get uh, two chances to halt their losing streak. Unfortunately, they're playing Doubleheader against the Chicago White Sox. Kansas City has dropped 11 straight in its longest skid since a 12-game slide in 2012. The Royals just got done playing Detroit, who is awful. And now they face the top team in the majors in Chicago at 22-3. and And news from the Colorado Rockies. They'll take on Wade Miley 
Starts for the Reds at Coors Field in his first mound appearance since pitching the season's fourth no-hitter last week. Cincinnati shuffled its rotation this week to get the left-hander an extra day of rest to be prepared for the Mighty Rockies. Mighty Rockies, I like that. Mighty Rockies at Sports! All right, thank you very much. It is time for Midday News, and News Director Dave Schroeder is joining us. And big news for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, in particular, NCTA. Yes, the University of Nebraska has announced the gift of more than 2,100 acres of ranch land in northeast Hayes County. David Schultz and his wife, late wife Sandy Clark Schultz made the gift valued at nearly $1.5 million through the University of Nebraska Foundation for Education and Research Purposes. Nebraska College of Technical Agriculture Dean Larry Gosen says the gift will greatly enhance NCTA and benefit its students. They were wishing to preserve their ranching history and couldn't think of a better way to to honor their gift than to give that to uh, NCTA as a place for us to use as a, a learning lab that will be emphasizing ranch management, beef cattle production. Sandy Scholes, an alumna of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, was granddaughter to Frank and Mabel Lou and lived on the ranch until the age of five. She inherited the Lou property through the estate of her mother. The university will seek approval of its board of regents to name it the Frank B. and Mabel Lou Memorial Ranch. John Cannon began serving as executive director of the Nebraska Association of County Officials in February. He took over upon the retirement of Larry Dix, who served over 19 years as executive director. Cannon was previously NACO's deputy director for three years. The Nebraska Association of County Officials is a nonprofit organization that serves to represent the interests of all elected and appointed county officials in the state's 93 counties. Plenty of activities are in store for the Holdridge Veterans Memorial Fundraiser on May 22nd. The fundraiser will start in the morning at 7.30 at South Park with a pancake feed and carries activities all the way until midnight. South Central Nebraska CERT is putting together the fundraiser as CERT Secretary Ashley Mason tells more about the midday activities. From 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., we have over 30 vendors. They will include a lot of custom items such as crafts, jewelry, and food. From 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., we have a law enforcement and military show and shine. There will be a tactical robot, sheriff and police department will be there, as well as ambulance and fire station units. The Community Emergency Response Team, also known as CERT, we will have a booth from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. More information and a full list of activities can be found at the South Central CERT's Facebook page. Nebraska authorities have reached an out-of-court settlement with an Omaha mental health provider accused of submitting false Medicaid reimbursement claims. Kathleen Wiley agreed to pay $200,000 under the agreement in exchange for the state dropping a civil lawsuit. Wiley admitted no wrongdoing. State officials had accused Wiley of submitting more than 1,200 claims, totaling nearly $110,000 to Nebraska Medicaid or its contractor from 2013 through uh, 2018 without proper documentation. That's a check of the latest in news. I'm Dave Schroeder on the Rural Radio Network.
the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln has a role in the Western Rangeland Livestock Center. Today, we're joined by Mike Bain. He is the vice president and vice chancellor of IANR. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit more about the role that Nebraska and IANR has in the research for the Western Rangeland Livestock Center. Yeah, this is a fantastic, uh, fantastic new program. It came out uh, back in in the omnibus bill that uh, then President Trump signed into law on the 20th of December. Uh, this was one of the programs that was uh, that was in the omnibus bill. It's um, it's a partnership uh, between Oregon State University, Montana State University, and the University of Nebraska Lincoln, in particular IANR, but also with our corresponding USDA Ag Research Service partners. So uh, for us, that means a, a wonderful partnership that uh, we continue to build on between the US. DA Meat Animal Research Center and Clay Center and, and IENR. So I'll talk a little more about that. But, you know, the, the bottom line is that uh, we're the beef state and the rangelands make up nearly 46% of Nebraska's lands. Um, think about the sand hills. Think about where we run cattle, our cow-calf uh, production systems. And, you know, everybody on this call knows that uh, rangeland beef production is intensive. It's over large uh, geographic areas, and um, you know it's just really a lot of hard work. And uh, we use precision production techniques, and they're certainly making their way into ranching. But uh, integration of precision technologies into into rangeland management and to rangeland cattle production, it's slow, and it can um, you know often result in some inaccuracies and. It can be inconclusive and costly and sometimes just unattainable, especially if you're, you know, if, especially if we have limited broadband or Internet uh, capacity. So this is this is a new program then thinking about um, Western rangeland systems uh, with these three states and these three universities to really think about a framework for precision livestock management systems to promote uh, ecologically, socially, and economically sustainable practices for rangeland-based livestock production. And the partnership, Bryce, is called the Western Rangeland Livestock Center. So that's very exciting, and we're looking forward to moving this forward. Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that funding. That's, That's big news. I want to dive a little bit deeper into the details of this. Tell us more about what the partnership will look like for the Western Rangeland Livestock Center and IANR. Yeah, so the trio, Montana, Oregon, and Nebraska, is set to receive $3 million, that's a big number, $3 million in funding, which will be split between each of those states and then further divided. So we'll get a million dollars coming to Nebraska and that will be then divided 50-50 between IANR researchers and our partners at US Mark. So the whole idea here is to leverage the best that we have to offer in rangeland uh, cattle production management systems at the land grant universities in each of these states with the ag research services uh, scientists. And so really we've got six partners when you think about it, two in each state. ARS and the university or land grant university. And the new center is really focused again, diving deeper into this on precision based livestock nutrition strategies and selection 
technology-based livestock management on the rangelands and outreach and engagement programs for, for rangeland managers and ranchers. It's 100% focused on providing information and tools needed for the ranchers and land managers to optimize their land resources out there on the range for beef, cattle, and sheep production while not only maintaining but enhancing the soil and, and plant communities that exist there that, of course, then feed back positively on the nutrition of the, of the range cattle. Um, the future of Western livestock production really depends on the development of precision livestock management strategies and tools that, you know, will ultimately enhance the economic vitality and prosperity of, of, of rangeland cattle producers, um, while also uh, regenerating that land that is absolutely so critical for for cattle production here in the western part of the U.S. It's really a neat a neat program with a focus on getting tools to the to the producers that would will help them with uh, with their bottom line. All right. Great information, Mike. Thanks so much. That again is Mike Bain joining us. He's the vice president and vice chancellor of the Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And if you want to learn more about this new Western Rangeland Livestock Center, all you need to do is go to ruralradionetwork.com and then click on the UNL tab. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network. KRVN is on YouTube. Now streaming video on demand. Subscribe to KRVN Radio on YouTube for news, weather, agriculture reports, and more. Susan Littlefield is first to connect with market experts each trading day on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Afternoons immediately following Ag News at 2.15 on 880 KRVN. In the car, at work, and now in your home. Ask Alexa to enable KRVN on your smart speaker. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so badly, he ended up in the emergency room and spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is, don't be shy about telling people not to smoke around your kids. Call the Nebraska Tobacco Quit Line, 1-800-QUIT-NOW, 1-800-784-8669. Paid for by Tobacco-Free Nebraska. Aired with the Nebraska Broadcasters Association and this station. Welcome to another edition of Fridays in the Field, brought to you by FNBO, the great big small bank. Excited to be back with you for another growing season, and typically I follow row crop operations. Last year was the TAPS Testing Act Performance Solutions Program. This year, though, I'm going a little off the beaten path. Though when you look at the agriculture history of Nebraska, it's something that's very popular. Prior to Prohibition, there were more acres of grapes in Nebraska than there were acres of corn. And that brings us now to Max Creek Winery and Vineyard near Lexington, Nebraska. Our <coughs> farmer that we're going to be following through is one of the McFarland family. Max McFarland, better known as Mac. And Mac, thank you so much for having us out here today. As we get started, first, give us the overview. Kind of tell us about what Max Creek Winery and Vineyard is today. 
So that's kind of a loaded question. If, if you ask the, the boys, they may tell you it's a, actually a hobby that's gone bad. Started out bringing 2000. We actually planted our first grapes here. The intention was just to grow some grapes. And at that time, there were three wineries in the state. We were going to sell what grapes we might get. The main uh, reason we got into that, my wife and I are both farm kids. We grew up just north here in the Eddyville Sumner area. You know, it was one of those things we wanted to get back to our roots and plant something and see if we could make it grow and, and sweat and get dirty and all that kind of stuff. We bought this acreage not knowing exactly what we wanted to do with it. Too small to plant row crops in it. But I'd been doing some research and I knew you could grow grapes certain kind of grapes here in Nebraska and so we started out with like a hundred grapes vines had real good luck and we added some more and added some more and down the road I get blamed for the shift in vision uh, from just selling grapes to other wineries to how about we build a winery it was kind of a leap of faith I, I tell people I was a very uh, skillful winemaker uh, at the time I think I'd made two or three gallons in my basement uh, most of which you shouldn't drink <laughs> and so the learning curve has been pretty steep but uh, uh, 2002, we opened the doors to the winery. Two years ago, we added a uh, brewery. The first year out, I think we, I think we produced maybe 1,200 gallons of wine. Uh, this year, we'll probably knock on wood and Mother Nature cooperating. We'll probably be in the 16 to 18,000 gallons. So, what an impressive <laughs> leap of faith that was, and how the <laughs> dividends have paid for them. When it comes to growing of the vines and of the grapes, this year has been a little bit of an unusual year. We've held some cooler temperatures into it. Where are we at in the grape growing process? You know, this year has really been a, a puzzle to me. The good news is we, we had a very slow, gradual cooling down in the fall, which helps these vines go uh, dormant. And fortunately, they really hit, I think, the depths of their dormancy about February. And that's about the time we start to actually prune the vines. Uh, all those straggly vines you see at the end of the season when we're all done uh, get cut back. That's how we are able to predict the production that we will have this growing season is by uh, to what extent we prune those. So anyway, uh, we, just, uh, we just got finished with that process couple three weeks ago but in the meantime we had the end of February we hit minus 36 degrees out here which is I don't think I've ever seen it that cold and I've been around for quite a few years we don't plant anything here that can't handle at least 20 below the kind of grapes that, you, that most people are familiar with the kind of wines that most people are familiar with California they're known as vinifera that's a, a European uh, breed of, of grapes primarily Chardonnays Cabernets Pinots uh, those kinds of things they, they wouldn't live down to the freezing point, probably just barely. Uh, so grow hybrids, regional cold climate grapes that are bred for this climate. That again, Max McFarland, better known as Mac of Max Creek Winery, and we appreciate his time. There's a lot more of the conversation, and you can see it all uninterrupted when you visit the full story at ruralradionetwork.com. It's Fridays in the Field. And good afternoon as we continue to take a look at what's happening in the market trade. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network as we take a closing look at these grain futures with John Payne. He's a senior marketing analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. And it would have been nice to see the corn be able to pull into the positive, John, but it didn't happen. No, it's pretty ugly. Really, mid-morning, uh, saw another kind of surge of selling just like we saw after the open, so... You know, I take it as, as fund liquidation. I think there's, you know, some spec- speculation um, in, is around the currency and what, what's going to happen here with, with quantitative easing and all sorts of issues that could be negative kind of asset prices to kind of 
kick froth out of the economy that we put in here during COVID. Um, but today, obviously, um, a little bit of reversal on that. I'm not sure it was justified. I, I think I feel pretty comfortable here holding 650 longs into the weekend, uh, at least on the, the front month prices. You want to get into a debate about new crop, we can certainly have that. Uh, you know, Informa says 96 million acres, which, you know, be a, a, a certainly helpful for supply side bears, but um, I don't know if that's reality uh, given the the price of, of feed and in, or the, the price of inputs and, and just the inability for a lot of folks out east to get out and plant, you know, row, row crop to row crop. So uh, it's it's just one of those weeks, you know. You're going to live through the upside and live through the downside. Uh, I, would, I would not be chasing it down, though. You know, and China's appetite continues to be there for our, for our corn. Yeah, they bought a little bit more this morning, a million metric tons. I mean, they're, we're seeing the signs here that the market can turn around. I mean, we essentially have raised 60 cents price action uh, just since Tuesday. I think you look at the Brazilian price in the Boa Spa, that's essentially matching where it started the week. Um, the U.S. offers are strong, you know, and I think logistics with this bridge closing probably had a little bit to do with just tipping the, the scales, that and wheat falling. But we, we had actually traded okay today, so... I think for uh, for next week, you know, maybe we, we chop around early in the week, but it's got to rain. The forecast, you know, they're, they're showing some moisture up in the in the, the northwestern part of the growing region, but it's uh, you know, it's still really early. So I'm not trying to get myopic and, and say you got to go sell your farm. I think just while you make it incremental sales on the way up here, especially in new crop markets like December 22, I think there's an opportunity there if you turn around about five bucks to get some marketing done for next year's crop. Lots of things to look at. Have a great weekend, John. You too. Thank you. John Payne's been joining us. He is with Daniels Ag Marketing. And you can learn more about them at danielsagmarketing.com and check out what's been happening within the market trade and their thoughts and comments. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Okay, thank you very much, Susan. I sure appreciate it. That'll wrap up this Friday edition of Midday. Of course, you can catch the Midday podcast sponsored by Divini Motors, where podcasts are available or krvn.com.